ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest here on the podcast today. Uh, goes back between multiple siblings. Shout out Anton. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sean Mansour. Very happy to have you here, man. Thanks, Jules. Thanks, guys. Thanks thank for having you, me on the show. Welcome Appreciate aboard. It. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be guys. Absolutely, man. You know, when this specific topic right here is a very important one in the Chaldean community, um, and I don't think there is a better person to have on than you. So we're very happy to have you here. I appreciate that. And, you know, with that being said, just get in a little bit about yourself and, and give the people a little bit of background of who you are and what you do, man. Okay. My name is Sean Mansour. I'm uh, 31 years old. I'm a cannabis attorney. I'm also Chaldean. Shout out to all the Chaldeans watching. Um, I've been practicing now for about five or six years. Um, I do also a little bit of criminal defense, but primarily cannabis at this point in my, my career. Yeah. Yeah, funny story. Sean actually got me out of a, a murder charge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's a specialty, but no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I, th- I think he could do it though if he put it hundred percent for sure. So if I if I go after this guy right here, you can uh you can defend me. You can know, try, brother. One more. <laughs> I love Joe. So. <laughs> no, it's all no, love you too, man. Thanks. All jokes aside, man. Welcome aboard. Yes. We yes, appreciate having, having you. Thanks for everything you do for the Chaldean community, guys. You got a great Absolutely. show. Absolutely, we thanks appreciate so it. So, Sean, I mean. Obviously, everybody knows the Chaldean community is very involved in this industry. Um, you know, there's multiple different avenues in the in- industry. Um, but, you know, going back on how this really got to where it is, can you give us a little bit of a timeline on how we got here today, right? Because you have people, you know, there's caregivers, there's the medical side, there's the recreational side. You know, how did we really get here? Sure. Yeah, I can give a little background. In 2008, we obviously created the medical marijuana laws that provided caregivers with an opportunity to provide uh, marijuana for their patients. Mm-hmm. In 2016, we initiated the Medical Marijuana Facilities Licensing Act. And then shortly after, we initiated the rec laws there, which are in effect today. So from medical to recreational, that was pretty much it started with the caregiver laws. We transitioned to the state medical laws. And then a couple of years later, we now have the rec laws. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, what we're seeing now today is we're seeing a transition of a lot of caregivers going into, you know, maybe the medical or recreational area. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you focus a lot on that as well. You you could help a lot of caregivers make that transition, right? Absolutely. You do work with a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, caregivers understand they're not a licensed facility, technically. Um, you're operating as a caregiver. You're providing cannabis for your patients for at a medical level. Um, the state licenses are, it's, it's a totally different game. It's a totally different ballgame. Um, in 2016, Michigan ad- adopted the M- Medical Marijuana Facilities Licensing Act, which provided individuals and companies with an opportunity to apply for a state license to operate at a state level, whether it be a dispensary or a cultivation site and, and thereafter. Well, so, you sh- go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, Sean, <laughs> I don't know too much about the industry, but whenever I'm looking at like a new industry, I, I try to like get a like an overhead. I'm sure there's like different branches. So if you look at it from like different pillars what are the main pillars that you have in like the medical marijuana space i liken it to liquor liquor licensing yeah something like that but it's a far more regulated in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah so marijuana is a far more regulated industry at the highest level in michigan in my opinion um and it requires a, an extensive background check it requires a ton of paperwork um it's not very easy so i was gonna ask that yeah. so like for the background checks like what if somebody has a felony or what if somebody had like a felony back in the day when they were younger, like under the age of 18, like how does that work? There are numerous reasons that could deny someone for a license. Um, there isn't a checklist per se. So it's a totality of the circumstances. So I can't tell you if you tell me, Joe, I have this misdemeanor from six years ago or yeah. this felony from six years ago. 
uh, it doesn't necessarily uh, deny you from obtaining a license, but it will, it may be a hurdle and that's something we discussed privately and we could get over that. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So what's the difference between you being like a caregiver versus you owning like a dispensary? A dispensary is a state license. You're operating like a business. You're operating like a liquor store. Quite honestly, you're operating mm-hmm. like a grocery store, like any other business. It's a full retail business. You're paying sales tax. You're paying employment, um, payroll taxes for your employees. Mm-hmm. Um, you're depositing money in an actual bank account. Um, that's the biggest difference, quite honestly. So are there different requirements if you want to go into being a caregiver versus owning a dispensary? Yeah, so um, caregivers aren't necessarily treated like a business. Yeah. Um, I mean, some are paid for their labor, but they're essentially providing medicine for their patients um, at a medicinal level and they have whatever agreement they have with their patients, caregivers do. Um, with the licensing, it's a totally different beast. It's actually applying to the state of Michigan, and LARA is the, re- the, the regulatory agency that oversees this. You do an extensive background check with the state, um, whether you're applying by yourself or with a number of individuals under a company. And um, once that background check's completed, you're able to go obtain something in this industry, mm-hmm. whether it be a dispensary, whether it be a cultivation site, processing transportation and yeah. we can get into all those various licenses isn't it isn't it like to just apply for the license alone isn't it like six thousand dollars or something like that yeah the state requires a six thousand dollar non-refundable fee and <laughs> uh, but <laughs> if you know what you're doing like yeah. our office honestly i'm not bragging but we have a 100 percent success rate yeah you're a beast and no that the reason we we have yeah. that is because i won't submit an application that i think is going to be denied uh, that's i that's don't want to i don't want to put my client in that position 100%. so we're navigating through those channels before we even get to that before the submission stage is even there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so if I'm a caregiver right now, and, and we know that there is, there is, you know, a lot in this community that do fall under that, you know, category. Okay. Um, and I want to take this to the next level. Like, I want to become a legit business and, and be like a retail business or whatever it may be. Maybe a grower, for example, that's legit or a dispensary, whatever it may be. What am I, what kind of uphill battle am I facing you know, what are the steps that I need to take? Like, what should be the first course of action in my head? First course of action is obviously to consult with someone like myself um, to start the pre-qualification phase of it, which is basically the background check that the state does on the individual. And um, it doesn't require location. It doesn't require anything like that. It's it's the background check on you as an individual. And the state's also doing a background check on the company that you're applying for. But typically those companies are brand new companies with not mm-hmm. much history. Um, so it's really a background check on yourself. And if you're married, a background check on your spouse that allows you the ability to go and enter the industry. And we can talk about the rest of it, you know, with the, the properties and obtaining municipal approval and the whole nine. For sure. Let me ask you this. Um, <laughs> a lot of people that are probably watching this do live in the area. So uh, areas like Sterling Heights or Macomb, you know, areas My we hometown. grew up, you know yeah. what I'm saying? East side, baby. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, <laughs> what would you say is like, I mean, everybody's here in Sterling Heights, Sterling Heights, they're cracking down. They're knocking on doors. What, What's the process like? Like, do people come ask you, hey, what do I do here? Or tell us a little bit about that. Being a caregiver in any residential any residential home is like operating anything, you know, whether you're a hairdresser or whether you do yeah. nails out of your home. <laughs> you need permits for these things, right? Yeah. So you can't just go and just build, construct walls and <laughs> have an electrician come out and <laughs> tap into the Get panels. Get a second and, AC. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can do these things, but you need permits yeah. for them. So there's a process, and as long as we follow that process, we'll be fine. Um, there's a number of people, and if it's a majority right now, that are not in compliance, mm-hmm. that have not pulled permits, that have tried to do things under the radar, and it's backfiring. So yeah. I encourage people to get in compliance, follow the rules. Um, no one's telling you you can't do this. This is a legal 
industry and um even on the caregiver side yeah absolutely on the caregiver side it's it's very it's legal the confusing part is how does the legality work with it so it's legal at a state level but it's not legal at a federal level right correct so so how do those two correspond my understanding is the federal government's hands off right now yeah Um, their direction is to not prosecute any crimes in at the state level if people are operating under the state law and they're abiding by the state law. State law is 72, right? 72, correct. So, but Sean, so now but, that we, not to cut you off, but sure. he mentions the state law is 72, right, with patients, obviously. 72 what? 72, 72 plants. plants. Uh-huh. So, but those permits that you speak of, do they, like, the square footage requirements and stuff like that, is it even possible to take advantage of the full 72 under those permit requirements? Look, you have to do what the so municipalities have the right to to regulate the zoning aspect of it, mm-hmm. and um, honestly, I don't know if it's it's fully legal to regulate a caregiver facility to two hundred square feet. Some may argue that it's not feasible. Correct. Some may want to sue the city of Sterling Heights. Correct. Yeah. My office is not going to represent you if you want to sue the city of Sterling Heights. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not in find, it, find, an, find another attorney for that. So yeah, um, my office is all about getting people in compliance. Having the blessing of the city to Correct. do what you're doing. Of course. You know, um, it's really hard to do anything when you don't have the blessing of the municipality or the blessing of your right. neighbors. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, if state allows 72, doesn't state trump over the city? In a sense. What the cities have the ability to do is regulate the zoning aspect of so it. It's like an ordinance. Correct. So they can't tell you can't be a caregiver. Cities cannot. Cities don't have the ability to tell you you can't be a caregiver. But what they can do is say... You have to pull a permit for your extra AC unit. You have to pull a permit for any electrical upgrade. Yeah, I read. I actually read the thing, and it's like if a house is under fourteen hundred square feet, you're only allowed a three and a half ton or a three ton. So you're saying if I went to the city and I said, "Hey, this is what I want to do," as an example, they'll go ahead and issue me. They'll they'll tell me you can you have to pull a permit, and I'd have to follow all their guidelines, and they'll go ahead and approve it. And after that, I'd be able to do what I want to do. Correct. And Joe, wow. they're doing this. You have to give them credit. They're doing this for because it's a fire hazard. Of course. It's a safety hazard. How many, how many electric lines have burned out? Do you know how many times my power has <laughs> went out? Oh, here's a boom. <laughs> Guys, my power goes out in the dead. That's the, the least of it. I've heard stories of yeah. children being correct. in a home yeah, and the house caught on fire. Yeah. yeah, correct. I mean, it's at a different level now. So people need to really take this seriously. Um, there's, a, there's already a bad stigma in this industry, and you're going right. to further that by doing these types of things. So I encourage everyone to get in compliance whether it's calling my office or doing the research yourself, have the blessing of the municipality, have the blessing of your neighbors. If you are growing marijuana as a caregiver for your patients, seal your facility as best as you can so your neighbors don't have to smell it. And yeah. um, You bring up the blessing of the municipality, which is, of course, very important. You want the blessing of where you live, for sure. sure. You don't want to be at odds with where you live, of course. But there's also another blessing that might be just as, if not more important. Um, it's hard to talk about this you know, subject without bringing up how our community is kind of split on this issue. Sure. Um, you know, you have the older generations who look at this and say, you know, this is this is just 100% no for them. They won't even touch the topic. It's just taboo, sure. period. Um, and then you have some, you know, more, more likely the younger generation who say, hey, this is a product that is, you know, legal and is going to be, you know, a full-blown industry in the retail business. Um, and it's going to be a huge industry. Uh, and it's no different than something, for example, like alcohol, where a lot of the older generation made their money. And sure. by the way, nobody's going to get in a car and go kill somebody because, you know, they got too high off marijuana. 
So it sounds like you're defending marijuana. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm just I'm just playing both sides. Sure. So yeah. my question to you is, you know, you are obviously assisting in this, you know, process of people becoming, you know, in compliance. What would you say to those people who, you know, look at this and say that's taboo? We shouldn't be doing this. Well, quite honestly, teach their own. You know, if someone's against cannabis or against the use of cannabis or the furtherance of the business of cannabis, they have an opinion and they're entitled to their opinion. Right. I clearly have a different opinion. Um, I believe that it, it it is a very good thing if it's utilized correctly. Right. It's a, it's a very profitable business. It's a thriving business. And it's a business that can take, you know, because we're on Habibi Hour, our Chaldean community to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Which it we, has. It, it already has. But, Joe... We have to do it in an appropriate way. 100%. We have to do it together. Mm-hmm. And um, not everyone has. Yeah, for sure. So, so when you say it's a profitable business, I was looking online just to get like a general idea of how much this industry is actually impacting the world. And it's like a multi-trillion dollar business. It's insane. It's, it, I mean, you guys have been around people that have been around cannabis at this point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I say this all the time, cannabis, it's not just about the business owners in the community. It's about the trickle-down effect. It's Mm -hmm. had an effect on everyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, electricians and mechanical guys and just anyone in the industry that has their- Contractors. Contractors in general. Um, And even at the state level, um, when you talk about packaging these products, the label makers and just all Mm -hmm. of the necessary items that are involved in the business, um, things are thriving. It's not just the people that are- the cannabis people. It's the yeah. There's a lot of jobs to be had. All the logistics. It's creating uh, new employment, stuff like that. Absolutely. Yep. Do you think that the way that, you know, some people behave is contributing to the stigma around the industry? For sure. I think that um, there's a number of things that contribute to the stigma of the industry. I think that kids smoking weed in high school is contributing to the stigma of the industry. Which I completely do not agree with. Of course. Of course not. And it it was never intended for these people. Correct. You know, when the laws were created, they were created for adults. The recreational law was Mm -hmm. created for adults. Yeah. It's 21 and over. It's created for adults, just like alcohol. Kind of glad they did that, too. Absolutely. Usually smoking or anything is like 18. They made it 21. Absolutely. Do you think gold chains have anything to do with contributing (laughs) to the stigma? (laughs) (laughs) Anything at all? What's up, bro? I got a gold chain. Why are you hating? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of a mini gold chain. Sean, too. you know, I I got a segment that I want to do with you real quick. I want to show you. I want I want to test your expertise. Okay, in Let's this industry. It. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. So, <laughs> I want to see how just how much you know based on certain pictures. Okay. So I'm going to show you a picture, and based on this picture, I want you to tell me how many ops this person has. <laughs> okay. I have to do this, Joe. Come on, man. All right, all right. It's up to you. You okay. you could decline. All right. Until you, you're, until, you're, until, I'm you complete, game. You, I'm, I'm game. You want to the fifth? You complete the fifth. No, I'm you're game. a true let's pro, see. man. Let's you know it. this. All right, Sean. Here's the first one. How many ops, brother? <laughs> Dos amigos. Right? Is that two chains? Okay, we got two chains. We got two ops here. Two, two ops? ops? Two ops. ops. Yeah. Okay. How many That's plants? my estimation. How many plants? 144 <laughs> plants. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Okay, all right. That guy might have six. All right, Sean. This is going to be a tough one. I hope no one gets offended by these answers, please. <laughs> How many ops? <laughs> this one's got some money, so uh, three, four ops. Three, four ops? For sure. Yeah. No warehouses? I didn't, I think say, there's no a where- I didn't say no warehouses. Okay. You said ops. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. Guys, That guy's got four for sure. Yeah. Four warehouses. Yeah, for sure. All right. Now, this one right here, 
I'm really interested to what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, Sean. How many ops, brother? <laughs> <laughs> zero. Zero. You're right. My man. My man. Let's go. Zero. zero. <laughs> but and all, all jokes aside, this industry really is could could be a, a great thing for the Keldian community and has been a great thing. But there's also a lot of negatives and it's it's I don't I'm not holier than thou, but there's a few bad actors that I think contribute to the bad stigma, which is like when any industry. Absolutely. Um but I applaud you for you know, helping the community get to that next level mm-hmm. and be in compliance and do it the right way because that's essentially what we want to do. The Keldian community has a long history of being very prominent business people. I'll tell you what. Great business acumen. I'm about the Keldian community first, and I do believe, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, I do believe this industry is beneficial to the Keldian community in many ways. Yes. It just has to be utilized correctly. Yeah. I agree, man. And and back to, you know, what Jules was saying. I mean, I, I look through your Instagram page and I really see that you're passionate about what you do, Absolutely. which is, which is awesome, especially for a community, you know, like, at you the know end how many of the day, guys I get to come to my office and like are scared to tell people what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gosh, man, like you've got to be proud of what you do. Yeah. As, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. Well, if you think about it, like back in the day when people used to bring liquor over from different countries, that's kind of how these guys feel. Nobody would ever be told, hey, you're bringing liquor over. True. These guys don't want to be telling people, hey, I'm True. growing so I'm marijuana. I'm sure 10 years from now, it exactly. may be. Exactly. That's my point. You know, so. But talk talk a little bit about, like, getting licensed through the state level. Sure. What, uh, I mean, what is that? I know you said there's a background check. There's some fees. But overall, do you need money in your bank account? Do you, do you need to have assets? Like, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the more nitty-gritty of yeah, what, the, what you one need. One of the biggest misnomers that um, that's out there is, like, you need, like, a million dollars or you yeah, need a bunch I always of hear money. That. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you guys would be surprised, uh, the people we get approved in our office that are just your regular old people. Yeah. Um, and there's different ways we can get around it. But there's essentially, on the medical side, five different licenses you can apply for. You have your um, dispensary license, which is the provisioning center. You have your processing license, cultivation, which is classed into three subclasses, A, B, and C. Um, 500 plants, 1,000, and 1,500 plants, and then your testing center and your transportation center. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so which one is like, which one is the most popular right now? Which one is everybody trying to get? It's like a wave. When I first started doing this, everybody was applying for the dispensary license. Yeah. And, and then, then it got saturated. The and then 12 months later, everyone's applying for cultivation licenses, and now I've seen sort of a mix of across the board. Yeah. What, what's the difference between those two? What's cultivation? Cultivation is the growers. Okay. Yeah, the growers, the guys that are growing the marijuana mm-hmm. that are selling to the retailers. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Supply and okay. Gotcha. Because we're on a BBR, like the Chaldean community has thrived with the retail centers. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone in the industry. We have a knows, lot of experience in retail. It, no, yeah. but I mean, we have yeah. a lot of licenses out there. Right. Oh, okay. A yeah. good amount of the licenses. Yeah. We're fit for that. that and they're that, doing really well. You know, yeah. So, as far as it goes, like for those dispensaries, I, I hear all the time there's like, there's two types of dispensaries there's like a recreational dispensary, those are the guys that are really raking in the money. And then there's the other ones. I, I don't know what it's called. There's recreational medical? and just so medical. A provisioning like? center is a medical provisioning center, mm-hmm. which allows you to serve a patient who has a medical card. They walk in. They can be 18 and over. Yeah. But they need their medical card. A recreational retail establishment is 21 and over, um, sort of like a liquor store, except you can't walk in unless you're 21. Gotcha. That's mm-hmm. the difference. That's and the they biggest. serve to everybody. You don't need a card. You just need a driver's license. That's crazy. Yep. No way. So those are the wow. those are the dudes that are. Cash and the and reason checks. they're doing so well, Joe, six is chains. The reason they the reason they're doing so well is because there's a limited amount of those licenses out. Yeah. So yeah. supply and demand. You know. Wait. So you're saying anyone could walk in? You're over 21. You don't have any 
medical reason to be in that facility, yeah. and they will sell you something. If Guys, it's recreational, yeah. It's been cannabis there. is legal in Michigan. Mm-hmm. It it's, is legal. Well, it's hard to wrap your head it's around like it. it. It's legal. We have to realize it's been, this. It's been yeah. going on. Think about it. In and like if we're responsible, we have to. It's like to, alcohol. Yes, yeah. but it's even more regulated than alcohol, and that's yeah. what I enjoy most about it is yeah. I see an industry that's one of the most regulated industries that mm-hmm. we have, and it's safe, and yeah. I'm confident in telling people that it's a safe industry if we further those state licenses yeah. and we focus on that. Do you know what I find cool about it is you not only do you have like the traditional way of smoking, you know, whatever that may be, you have people that are making edibles. So you have like gummy bears, you have cookies, stuff like that. And then you have even people that are integrating it into like vape pens and stuff. Yeah. You have different types of consumers. Yeah. You know, you have some consumers that don't like to smoke quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And you have some consumers that, mm-hmm. that will enjoy the other forms yeah. of like someone that's, you know, a little bit on, the heavier side, they're going to want to maybe have an edible or two. Damn. I don't know why you're looking at me. Damn. But I, I, I could be on the heavier Shots side, fired. but I guarantee you if we stood next to each other, we would be saying I love that. you, Joe. <laughs> and to touch back what you we're, said. We're going like, to get him after the show. I'm not worried, bro. That guy's light work. In five years, Rimson, you see how you could go buy a bottle of liquor? I think that's yeah. what it's going to be like for marijuana. All yeah. day. Joe. Like, hey, let me get Joe. that OG Blackberry uh, Kush. Joe. It already is. I know, dispensary. Oh, wait, it already yeah. is. That's I'm saying like everywhere. Let, like let's, if you walk into a liquor store. You bring sure. up a great point. Uh, let's talk future of cannabis, okay. okay? So obviously we see the dispensaries. And this is going to be my opinion. Yeah, We all sure. don't know what, where this is. Yeah, this is all sure. speculative. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the dispos. You have the cultivation centers and stuff. That's all great. People are making money. It's awesome. And then when you look at I, I know that there's a license for like a consumption lounge and stuff like that. So... You know, one day you're going to be able to go to a restaurant, and if it is one day, how how quick? You know, just like how he said, he goes and orders a shot of uh, Tito's or whatever, right? 1942, Can, bro. 1942, whatever. Can I get, you know, let me get a, a joint of whatever. Is that going to be at, at, like, restaurants with food and stuff like that? So what's available right now is not, you can't order the marijuana at the at the restaurant. Correct. It's but, not available right but now. There are consumption lounge licenses available. Mm-hmm. The state of Michigan will pre-qualify you for one. And if a municipality allows you to obtain one, you can. Is there a consumption lounge open today? I don't know. I haven't seen uh, it. Yes. I want to say there is for sure, but I don't personally know that, where they are. Or What's yeah. going to be the nature of those places? Are they going to be kind of like, what's going to be like the vibe? Of Bro, it's like a hookah places? lounge. You're going to go there. But it's not there. though. It's not like a hookah lounge. I mean, it's kind of different. Kind of is because you're going to go there. It's going to have its own say, spin on it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. let me get this. You're but no, sit you're, back, Joel, you're not ordering. You're, uh, from my understanding, you're oh, bringing it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm. Because gotcha. only dispensaries and only retail centers can sell the marijuana. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Mm. My thing mm. is like, I'm wondering if you, if, like, you know, we know about coffee shops in Amsterdam and stuff like that where they have, you know, marijuana at the, I think they call them like wake and bakes and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that going to be a reality here? You know, who knows? Um, I think a lot has to do with the administration that's in place. I think Mm -hmm. a lot has to do with Congress and the Senate um, changing some of the laws that we have in place at the federal level. But I think in Michigan for the near term, you're going to see marijuana thrive, an industry that's going to thrive. And I hope it becomes even more regulated. And I hope that people become even more responsible. Mm-hmm. And especially if you guys have younger viewers out there. Yes. Um, if you're 21 years old or younger and you don't, or if you're under 21 years old and you don't have any condition, stop smoking weed. Absolutely. And stick to school and yeah. get your education and focus on your homework. Um, these are things that adults do. A lot of it's on the parents as well. Correct. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have parent viewers, but for the parents we out do. there, do. don't blame the industry for your kids smoking marijuana. Education 
is a big factor. Mm-hmm. And you have to educate your kids um, on the use of it, when not to use it, mm-hmm. when to use it, how to use it, the whole nine. And if you don't know, ask, consult with someone. For sure. Absolutely. And, and the big part of it is, like I was saying, their brains are still developing. And there's Absolutely. been, you know, studies saying that, you know, it can affect brain development. It yeah. does. Just like how you shouldn't be drinking alcohol, you shouldn't be smoking a drink. Absolutely. And I Absolutely. like to kind of tie that in. Like, when I talk to, like, the older heads, sometimes they're like, yeah, well, marijuana, man, like, it's hashisha. They think it's some crazy type of drug. They think it's like cocaine. But really, if you look at it, like, alcohol is way worse than freaking marijuana, like, but in you my opinion. But you know what, though? You say that on that end, right? But I feel like there's a lot of people that say, oh, it's it's marijuana. It's from the earth. It, it can't be bad for you. And yeah. Stuff. I mean, frankly, because it's federally illegal, there hasn't been the funding for these long-term studies. Good point. For you to say, hey, you know, about 10 years of smoking marijuana could do this to your brain. These are the changes that we see scientifically through yeah, this study. that's true. I mean. But I've known guys that smoke for 40 years. Correct. I, I understand. But I know people who smoke a lot and they're like. You know, sometimes they seem a little bit off. Maybe uh, that's just their personality. Correct. So we need to know how does this affect different people. Yeah. And part of it, Jules, is the fact that it's not 100% regulated. Like, you go to buy alcohol, and you know that alcohol has been through 100 tests. Let me stop you right there, Same though. with state dispos, though. There are actually state-approved. Correct. There is state-approved marijuana that's tested. If there's anything bad yeah. in there, like, let's just say a nutrient that can harm somebody mm-hmm. or chemical. They are not going to allow yeah, but not that everyone, dispensary to sell that. Not everyone buys. That. Not yeah. everyone buys and consumes 100%. that though. When you buy and consume alcohol, ten times out of ten, it's, it's regulated. It's regulated. Yeah, for sure. That's true. Unless you're buying like some basement moonshine or something. Which nobody's doing. That's Which, what you make. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, you. Right. And I think that's a really good point that Remsen's making. That's why I'm all about furthering the industry. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. safe yeah. for those that are old enough and wise enough and can. Sc- can consume marijuana mm-hmm. and conduct their lives, they want to be safe when they're consuming it, right? Yep. Just like when you pull a bottle of liquor off the shelf, you know that when you're pouring a drink, you're safe to drink mm-hmm. this drink. Yeah. You're not going to die from intoxication off sure. of one drink. Correct. Um, you guys know people that grow marijuana. Of course. Sometimes they don't put the safest stuff in their mm-hmm. recipes. Mm-hmm. That's what I was getting call. at, yeah. So I'm of the mindset that it's not safe to grow basement marijuana or to mm-hmm. grow marijuana that wasn't tested by a testing facility or wasn't sold by a regulated mm-hmm. facility. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have that regulation, and then once you have that regulation, you don't have to run into the issues that you mentioned of, hey, I don't know if this is healthy long term. I mean, because right. can you imagine buying alcohol from someone who made it in their basement? Yeah, it'd be scary. I wouldn't trust it. That's that's really a great point right yeah, there. I wouldn't trust somebody it. like <laughs> like somebody's gonna tell you, hey, Rimson, buy this alcohol. Yeah, like I got the best vodka. What the heck? I'm, You're I'm right good, about bro. that. So back to the question about everyone's wondering when our caregiver is going to go away. I will say this. There's going to be a push for it, and it's going to come from the state of Michigan because the state of Michigan is trying to further this industry and trying to further, further the regulation of this industry. Right. Yeah. Trying to keep it safe. The whole point in the Recreational Act was to for, al- for allowing consumers to have a safe product, correct? Mm-hmm. But not, not all of it is about safety, Sean. I, at the end of the day, the government access. is it's a business. Well, yeah. it's if you can, same, yeah. it's money, it's safety, and it's access. And don't forget yeah. the people that invested tons of money to do this the correct way. Lobby. They also have an incentive to correct, of not course. allow these people to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think part That's of it's a whole other discussion. Absolutely. Yeah, all day. I think part of it too has to do with if you get it at a level where dispensaries are selling it, you can now tax that 
and the government is making money on it versus someone that's a, you know, quote unquote home grower that can't really be taxed. You can lie about it. Well, yeah, so, you're not supposed to be buying from yeah, home grower anyway. To, you're right? supposed to be giving it to your patients. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sean, we appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate you guys um, having me. It was it was an honor, I swear. Like you're you're the man. Before I leave, I would hate to not do this. I want to give a big shout out to my wife Melanie, who's my biggest supporter. <laughs> my shout out daughters, Melanie. for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and then I also got to give a shout out to Jennifer Jamil, who's uh, my legal secretary, assistant, backbone of the company. She's great. So thank you for everything. Beautiful.